Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. I have been watching the markets lately. It's gotten a little dicey. As of this recording, we're in about the middle of May, and things have gotten a little dicey lately. And it, it's been a while since we've had volatile markets, like down markets. I guess the, pa the last time was in 2000 when COVID started happening. And before then, it's been a really long time. And when it, even with 2020, that was really fast. And then it just shot right back up. Markets do go up and down. If you've been investing long enough, you realize that that's kind of the way it goes. But it can get either way, even if you've done this a million times, it can get scary. And there's a lot of fear and temptation and stuff to think about potential changes to make. So we're going to talk about that today, what to do when investments get shaky like they are now and go through some of the things you should be thinking about and give you some tools to arm you as we go through shaky markets like we're dealing with now and inevitably in the future. If you've invested long enough, like I mentioned in the introduction, if you've been investing long enough or you've researched investments, the vehicles, when you invest, things go up and down. And But it's different when you actually see your balance go down. And so it can get emotional when markets get shaky like this. Fear is high. The problem with shaky markets like we're having now, this is when people are prone to mistakes. A lot of times people think that when the markets are good, that's when they're like excelling because it feels like they're doing good. But when the market's really good, the majority of people are doing really good. What separates people typically is in these big downturns. And that's and it's mainly when people make big, huge mistakes is where they lose a lot of ground. So the question that arises is, what should you do about it? So the market's shaky. Like, the, I know you're feeling like I need to do something about it. And so... There are some things you should do, and there are some things you should avoid doing. So we're going to talk through that today. So we're going to talk about what it looks like. So when I say shaky market, I'm going to talk through a little bit of what I mean by that. We're going to talk about some of the natural reactions people have, and then we'll talk about some action items you can take to avoid some of these big mistakes I'm referring to. Okay, so just a quick story. My first experience investing was one of those big mistakes I talk about. So I was 16 and had saved up a bunch of money working over the summer. And, and I've been always interested in investing and thought it would be a good idea to, to invest the money that I had earned. I took my entire life savings, which was a few thousand dollars at that. I think it was $4,000 at that time, which was felt like a lot it still feels like a lot of money to me now but then it was like an enormous it was all the money i had in when i was 16 and the year was about 99 late 1999 so i invested my life savings really didn't have any plan at all other than i just wanted to make my money return something and there was really no purpose no plan beyond just that i picked some stocks tech stop stocks happened to be really popular at that time and so that was so i started researching and that was just what was out there it was like everywhere everybody was talking about tech stocks so that's where my research led me and so that's naturally what i settled on so i did on what the best ones were and i picked some of those and i'm like okay great we'll have a few of these and then i'll invest in it and then things will be great and i'm gonna buy them and hold them for a long time because that's what you do with investing and if anybody was around investing then 
you'll know what I'm talking about. Or if you've researched it, like that was the tech bubble. And so a lot of these tech stocks and the dot-com companies like got over, they overinflated and then they crashed around that time. And so right around the time I was investing, it, I guess I caught a little bit of the upturn, enough to be like, man, I'm awesome. That's how it felt at the time. But it quickly started to crash. And any first-time investor, I felt the temptation to do something about it. So what my action was is I started to trade. I'm like, I got to get rid of these losers and I'm going to find some winners. I started trading and looking for the winners. And unfortunately, I never found the winner. And basically... After a few years of trading, had lost pretty much everything that I had started with. That was that was my first big investing mistake. I really didn't have the knowledge and experience at that time and basically made all the mistakes you could possibly make. Fortunately, it was an early phase of my life and I was able to learn when the stakes were lower. But that that I think is a good example of some of the mistakes that happened. Hopefully you're not like making all of them at once like I did. But people make mistakes and we're all prone to those. And I think it's helpful to recognize those mistakes. And ideally, you're learning from the mistakes of others. And hopefully you can learn some of these mistakes we'll talk about and some of the mistakes I made in my past. So when I talk about shaky markets and down markets, what does that look like? If you look at like the short term so like right now, the market has been started to get like volatile. So if you go to Google and you Google VTI, so Google VTI, that is what you're Googling. What you're looking up there is the Vanguard total stock market. That's a good, I think, metric. One of the good metrics of the market, when I say the market, basically it's a ETF that owns all the stocks in the, basically every stock in the US. So I look at it as a pretty good metric of the entire market. And so it's a good way to look at like his historical market. I guess the fund is not super old. Like it goes back to like 2000s, early 2000s. But you can look at how the market's doing by just looking up this fund. So as of this recording, I'm looking at it. Like if I go to like year to date view of how it's doing, it starts, there's the ups and downs are starting to get a little bigger. And year to date, it's down as of like now, like the second, it's down like 16 point. 31%. That's going to change every second because I'm looking at the Google as of like literally this second, but call it like a little over 16% down year to date for this fund. And so that's, I would define like shaky market territories, like in that like probably 15% or greater territory, 20% loss or greater is when people start to get alarm bells going. And then like when you get into 30% territory, I think that's when it really starts to get bad or really people start to feel it. So by my like unofficial definitions, there's much more official definitions. I gauge it just by how our one-on-one -on -one clients, our feelings I'm seeing them have and the number of them that are raising issues. But I think it, at this point in time, it's starting to get into the shaky market territory with this downturn, not quite like it was in 2020 or in 2008, but it's starting to get into that territory. And so it's in the market starting to get more volatile, start to having, starting to have more ups and downs. 
and uh, people are starting to get a little emotional. So that's what I mean by shaking market territory. Like in 2008, that's a good example of an extended bad market. So once things like settled out at the bottom, so that like I was talking about the Vanguard total stock market. So I think, like I said, that's a good example of, of the overall stock market, total stock market. So at the from the top of the market in mid 2007 till when it got to the bottom in like early 2009, it had dropped over 50%. So that that's a pretty big hit. So if you're 100% in that fund with all your money, say you have a million dollars, it's now $500,000. So you're going to see that statement. You're going to see, basically, it's going to feel like you just lost $500,000. So that's shaky market territory. I wanted to talk about the reaction that happens there, because I think that's important to observe. What people feel when they see the statement or as things come up or they start to see the news go south, the feeling that either the news tells us this or we naturally tell ourselves this is this is different. This time is different. I know it's down and I know markets go down, but like this time is different. And maybe even like this is something we're never going to recover from, maybe because it's different. But was what the inter the interesting thing about that like storyline is it usually is different that's why it happened typically in the first place because we like we often as a society like learn from our mistakes not always but these big downturns typically are caused because some new big issue came up or something flew under the radar and caused it and so oftentimes the downturn is caused by something completely new and different. Also, historically, we're able to work through it and come through and recover nicely. Those feelings are normal. And also when we get in that shaky market territory, things just get completely backwards sometimes. So right now, for example, inflation is high and cash is paying nothing. And for a while, mortgage rates were really low. So there was this little, there was this time in, I think it was like March of 2022, like inflation had already crept up, but mortgage interest rates were super low and cash was paying basically nothing. So fast forward to today, cash is still paying nothing, but inflation is really high, but mortgage rates have gone up quite a bit. That's not exactly normally how it is. Like inflation, typically as inflation goes up, like your cash should pay a little more normally and rates on mortgages would typically go up. They've started to do that on mortgage interest rates, but things can get backwards, especially when you look at the really short term periods of time. Or sometimes if you've ever heard people talk about the reverse yield curve, that's abnormal thing that happens. But Typically, these like backward scenarios happen in a really short term time frame. So also in these like scary markets, salespeople really leverage people's fear. So does the news. So you have to realize there's some there's a lot of people incentivized by that fear and they can cap capitalize on it. That's just another consideration. The focus or the temptation is to really hone in on like, the day to day. People get this pull to start like watching the market. When it gets, especially the worse it gets, it's like you can find yourself like checking the daily market report or maybe even like checking hourly or there's this pull to 
to watch that short-term market movement. And not to say that like the news is bad or whatever. I'm just saying this is just the tendency that happens. And so feelings will come out. That's just a thing that happens. Like when things get bad, people will get nervous or scared or fearful. So I think it's important to emphasize like that's completely normal. That's how this works. And you're going to want to search for solutions that are out there. And when it's painful, it's like naturally, it's natural to avoid the pain and try to stop the pain. And so all this, what happens with all this is you're prone to actually like making changes, for example, like selling low and buying high. So you're prone to making changes that are not exactly logical and very emotion driven. And with, when it comes to investing, this is oftentimes the worst time to make the changes we're often pushed towards in this situation and uh, maybe get rid of my investments or change the investments to a different type of investments and just at the point where they're at their lowest. And uh, so that's the reverse of what we know we should be doing. So I think it's good to recognize those things are happening and it's normal and ask yourself like what is the underlying concern is it the or maybe think about what is the money that i'm concerned about for what's its purpose and uh, think about like when am i ultimately going to use it and what's it going to be for and uh, you just think through those questions so the last thing I wanted to talk about in relation to these shaky markets is what can you do about it? So what can you do to avoid some of the mistakes that I'm talking about? So you gotta, you gotta remember your financial plan and investment plan. They're integrated, your financial plan and investment plan. Now, if you don't have one, you know, this, if you haven't made one by now, this is prime time to make one as soon as possible to have one. Because this is going to be the time frame when you're going to really lean on it. But your financial plan allows you to connect your investments with your goals. It helps you to put a good purpose or tie in a purpose for your dollars. And uh, helps you to match up like long-term goals with long-term dollars. And avoid like matching up long-term dollars with short-term dollars. So for example, if you're investing money that really should be for like emergencies that's going to cause a lot more added fear and concern when you see them start to drop you're going to be like "Uh oh what if something happens and i need that money because that's my only reserve and so a good financial plan is going to say, no, you should have an emergency account, which should not be invested because you need to pair up short-term needs with short-term dollars. And if you need it in the short-term, you can't invest it because who knows what's going to happen in the short-term. And so you're pairing up those dollars with those goals and putting a good purpose behind the money. On the flip side, for example, maybe you have long-term goal of retirement is the most common one. Re retiring by, say, age 50 or something. And so it helps you to think of like dollars in terms of that goal and that purpose, put it in a bucket. So if you're 30 right now and you're, those, all those dollars are tied to that purpose, that's a long time from now. Like you got 30 years. 
So it helps you to kind of not focus so much on the day-to-day. It doesn't really matter what's happening this week or day or hour. You're not going to use those dollars for 30 years. You shouldn't really be focused on that short period of time if you're not going to be using them. So big thing is having that investment plan and financial plan and consulting it in times when you get when it gets shaky or you start to feel those emotions. And if you work with a financial planner, especially if you start to feel nervous about it, talk to them about it. That's what we do or where we can help sometimes. And so as you feel those feelings and emotions, I think it's good to try to give yourself a little space between the emotion and the decisions or actions. So the risk is you feel the fear, and then you make a move immediately or as fast as possible. It's better to, especially with investing, give yourself a minute to take some time to be wrap your head around it and get, get some logic. So give yourself a few, a little space between the feeling and the action. It's also great always to educate yourself on this type of stuff. So for investing specifically, I would suggest educating yourself on, on like investing or human investing behaviors and behavioral finance. There's a ton of stuff out there on how people behave with investing. Some of the uh, flaws or human the biases we have and that sort of thing. We've actually recorded a, an episode on that. I'll link to that in the show notes. It hadn't come out yet, but uh, we'll have that linked up. So you can check that out if you want to dig into that subject. But I think it's helpful to understand how you're going to tend to behave and some of the behavioral risks you would have and educate yourself on that so you can gain awareness on it and avoid being as prone to those. And then educating yourself just on how markets work too. That's a kind of a great step to take always as well. Same sort of thing. If you're, the more awareness you have on how these things work, the better, the better you're going to be able to navigate this sort of uh, experience, especially when you're getting, you're feeling the emotions. We're also going to do a podcast episode on, on that as well. So I will have that linked in the show notes for you guys that want to dig in on that. And so I think the key though, is just sticking to the basics of what your plan is and what the resulting investment strategy is to allow you to reach your goals with investing. It's Ideally, you're doing it as unemotionally as possible and sticking to pretty specific logical rules. So in summary, first step is if you don't have a financial plan or investment plan, I would suggest creating one as soon as possible. I will link to the, we've created like a do-it-yourself guide for those of you that lean that direction or you're not sure which direction you want to take, I'll link to a do-it-yourself guide that we've created to help you work through that process. Or if you want one-on-one, we're happy. Our planning firm does initial consults at no cost. We're happy to do one of those. But step number one is having that financial plan you can lean on. That's going to be huge, especially when it the more emotional and scary it gets. And once you have the plan... You want to consult it and review it and uh, lean on it when you start to feel that uncertainty and those emotions. 
and make sure that you're following it. It's going to be a reminder, a voice of reason for you. And so you want to consult it or consult. If you're working with a financial planner, you can consult the financial planner. That's the service they provide is they're going to be that voice of reason. But if you're doing it yourself, you want to consult your financial plan um, so that you can remind yourself of what that needs to look like. And so don't, you don't want to make changes based on things you can't control, like external market factors or emotions. Recognizing that the market is out of your control, for the most part, is really important. And separating some space between those emotions and the actions, I think, is helpful. So some last items I'll throw out. So if you're still looking for some actions, these are some uh, what I would consider like productive actions to think about um, when the market is shaky that can, these are not always applicable, but there's some potential considerations for you to at least think about. So if you haven't funded all your tax sheltered savings vehicles, when the market is down, it can be a fantastic time to do it. Now, ideally you would have done that already, or you already have a plan to do that. That's the ideal world because most of the time the markets are good. But it, if it happens to be that today you didn't really have a plan for dollars and it, it happens to be that you haven't maxed out those tax shelters, that's a good time to do that. So like I said, ideally you have that plan and you can lean on it and it's already facilitating that process and you're already on track to do all the fund all those tax shelters. But if you don't have that and you now are seeing yourself with lots of extra cash and you haven't funded those tax shelters, when the market is really down, it can be a great time to get caught up on it. The second thing would be to tax loss harvest. So tax loss harvesting is when you're taking losses on investments intentionally to produce tax losses. It's a tax benefit that will come through on your tax return. We did an episode several shows back on tax loss harvesting that I will link to if you want to dig into that. And just rebalancing your investments. So that's basically following your investment plan. Oftentimes you're when the markets get shaky, it will pull you away from your target that you've established with your investment plan. So what rebalancing is it's rebalancing the categories of investments to kind of stick with the plan you originally established. So you're not actually changing the plan. You're just adjusting your investments because they've changed so much and they've gotten off track with your plan. So rebalancing and tax loss harvesting can be really good, especially when it gets really, the more it changes, the more these can be beneficial. Another one that can sometimes be helpful is Roth conversion. So Roth conversions, that's when you're changing your pre-tax IRA or 401k. You're changing your pre-tax account into a Roth account. So you can always do this in an IRA and then some 401ks or allow you to convert from pre-tax to Roth. And so this is basically like saying on pre-tax money, like a traditional 401k or IRA, you're not going to pay tax until you take it out. So it's tax me later. On a Roth, 
you get taxed now, but then you never pay tax again. So it's tax me now. So with a Roth conversion, you're basically like say you're basically saying, I'd rather take the tax hit now. So you're just like, let's just go ahead and pay the tax now get it over with. I think so usually do that because you think the tax hit is going to be lower now than later. That's usually why you do Roth. So the, but the Roth conversion can work well when the market is really low, mainly because the values are down. So if you look back, this is, you can use history as an example. It's not always easy to pinpoint this in real time. It's actually very difficult to, but in some cases, say we're in 2008 at the bottom of a 50% drop and you were already considering this strategy of Roth conversion that, and you just hadn't pulled the trigger yet. That can be an excellent time to do it because you're say you're, you had a hundred thousand dollars in an account. And if you converted it to Roth, it would be a hundred thousand dollars that was taxed. And so that triggers tax on say 30%, which is $30,000, but you hadn't done it yet. So now that account has dropped to $50,000. And so the same thing, you convert the $50,000 and it's taxed at 30%, but that's only $15,000 of tax. It's basically like converting it at a discounted price, which triggers less tax. So Roth conversion looks slightly more appealing the more a market goes down. It's not a reason in itself to do Roth conversions, but it can add to the argument for Roth conversion. And then the last thing is if you happen to have unaccounted for dollars, so this goes back to the financial plan. That's the most important things, having the financial plan. But if you happen to have not had one, and you have these unaccounted for extra dollars that are just like not being put to get good use. And let's say that they should be or could be used for long-term monies. It can be an excellent time to start investing those the further down the, mar the market goes. Like I said, it's best if you're already putting those to good use. But if it, if it just happens to work out that you have, or if you get a big bonus or something, like you have a good influx of cash, I'm going to lean slightly more towards getting that invested quickly, especially if I know like we're in the middle of a huge turn. As I mentioned, I think the biggest thing is having that plan and leaning on this as the market gets shaky. It can get, it's really pretty much always going to get emotional and, and scary for, for, for people as we go through this, especially the worse it gets. And it's hard to tell exactly how it's going to affect you until you're really in it. I think it's good to recognize that is something that's going to happen. And it's okay to have some fear and, and concern around this. But just make sure that you're taking a minute and consulting your plan and tr trying to put on that logical hat. And I think it will save you some pain later in life and regret. And uh, hopefully you don't have to learn from your mistakes and hopefully you can learn from this and some of my mistakes I made in the past. As always, it's been, it's been a pleasure and we'll look forward to catching up again next time where we dig into a couple of these issues I mentioned. We're going to dig into some of the behavioral tendencies we have when we invest. And then the next show after that, we're going to talk about some of the, um, examples of how markets have worked in the past. So we'll look forward to catching up 
on those topics next time. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.